0: Well, it's the last day of the month, so I think uh, all of you know what that means. We got to award K-Ref Recruiter of the Month for the month of October, huh? And what in an October it was, Rivals has called OU a recruiting winner in the month of October. How many consecutive months is that now? That one <laughs> publication has called OU a uh, recruiting winner in 2024? Four or five? Five straight months? It feels like uh, it's like four or five consecutive months. Or OU's considered one of the big recruiting winners in the 2024 class. What you take, what you take, and 24 was good. And I guess here are the nominees for K Ref Recruiter of the Month in the month of October. And we'll use the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line uh, to for, for the votes here to see who's the winner. But the nominees are Jay Vilay, who got Devon, or excuse me, Devin Jordan in the 2024 class in the month of October. Local kid, Oklahoma, state of Oklahoma kid. Uh, Bill Biedenbow, who got Daniel Akinkumi offensive lineman the number 1 player internationally, DeMarco Murray who got 2026 running back Jonathan Hatton and Brandon Hall who landed both Reggie Powers, Michigan State decommit and Michael Boganowski the number 1 player in the state of Kansas. Man, we're kind
1: of like the college football playoff committee, aren't we? We never really have an actually tough decision to make.
0: It feels like it should be uh B Hall, former uh, Big 12 recruiter of the year last year, right?
1: Yeah, B Hall wins this one. I mean, if you
0: you do get the number one player internationally, and Bill Biedenbo did do that, that's maybe some bonus points. Um, Jay Valai got an in state prospect that you were hoping for, but Brandon Hall getting Reggie Powers, maybe one of the more underrated players in this class, and Michael Boganowski, the number one player in the state of Kansas, a guy that we had been talking about for a few months. And put him on the pretty high on the board in terms of importance in here. It's it's got to be. I mean, what, what's the text line saying here? Uh, e freaky from Illinois says Mel Tucker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Brandon Hall, Mark it says Hall. Here's a five eight zero Hall. Slim Brady, Brandon Hall wins this month. Oki Tom says Hall is the recruiter of the month. So I'm about ready to uh, shut the polls down here. Yeah, we're s- uh- just call it. We can
1: uh, can officially project that Brandon Hall will win K-Ref Recruiter of the Month. Wow. Congratulations to Brandon Hall.
0: I'm trying to think if that's his first. That is his first. First K-Ref Recruiter of the Month, and what a way it started this year. Emmett Jones won the first three, I believe, and then we've had a different K-Ref Recruiter of the Month the past, I think, four months now. But Brandon Hall getting on the board. Very, very well deserved, and... Two fantastic gets in Reggie Powers and uh, Michael Boganowski. He, he, uh, he earned it this month, Parker. He earned it this month, beating out Beedenbo uh, Jay Villai, and DeMarco Murray. But all in all, I mean, I Rivals is saying that OU's a recruiting winner this month. I think all in all, the month of October, you're still waiting on two offensive line prospects.
1: Yeah, but somebody. It was a good month. Somebody in the nine one eight said, "If Beatenbo was able to land EPL and bricks, he would have won. But he's going to let us down again this year." Oh, really? We're having I think
0: that small of optimism.
1: I think Bill was just sandbagging to win November, no contest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just, I think you, November. He's it wasn't a tough decision in October. There's a chance that, like, dude, even with Grant bricks, if he just gets Grant bricks, then. He's,
1: he's going to win November, most likely, judging by what the rest of your board looks like at this point. Yeah, he only has to go one for two, I think, to win Recruiter of the Month this coming month.
0: Emmett Jones won it in April. He won it in May. He won it in June. Then it was DeMarco in July, Todd Bates in August, Miguel Chavis in September, and uh, here we are. Brandon Hall in the month of uh, October. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mark from Enid says, who's our next commit watch and when? Uh, it depends, Mark. Do you want a twenty twenty four, a twenty twenty five? What a, what, what are you looking for here? Twenty twenty five, I would say this week. Yeah, twenty twenty four, I would say um, maybe
1: mid to late November potentially. It'll be a while in twenty twenty four. It's my thought, at least until mid November, maybe longer. It just feels like at
0: this point for the twenty four class that we are uh, in a holding pattern until.
1: The West Virginia game. Yeah, Bill's pretty much the only one still recruiting.
0: Yeah, it's like anything that happens before the West Virginia game a week from Saturday in the 24 class, again, would be very surprising, I think, to this point. And you'll know where you stand with all of your remaining targets <laughs> based on who shows up a week from Saturday. So you're kind of in a in a holding pattern there at this point. I don't know. I. I I would say right now, and I, and I don't know about you, Parker, but when it comes to EPL, Eddie Pierre Louis and Grant Bricks, the two uncommitted prospects that you're focusing on the most, I'd say that I'd feel more confident in no use chances with Grant Bricks than I would with
1: Eddie Pierre Louis. Would you go with that, or would you go the uh, the opposite way? I would agree with you. I think it the margin isn't substantial, but I would say yeah, your odds are better with Bricks than with EPL. I favor Oklahoma for both of those kids, but I favor them a little more in Bricks' case than I do in
0: Eddie's. I guess Jet Lebby, even if he got a commit this month, was uh, probably not going to
1: uh, win a vote that was on the uh, text line, huh? <laughs> yeah, Lebby, I, th- I think his performance on Saturday kind of unofficially disqualified him in the eyes of the fans.
0: I've even seen um, I, some, I say one, loyal member of the Ref Army, Nate Dog of Stutzman's Army, Dressed up as uh, Jet Levy today for uh, Halloween. So really? It's, it's even what made, does that costume it, look like? I think just, I think he just put on some OU stuff and uh, had a piece of paper that said Jet Levy on it. So it's it's even made Halloween costumes today is what it's looked like. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. The Jag says again four zero five six five one. Thirty-four, thirty-nine is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Fill it up there. The Jag says, for those of us who haven't heard your takes, how scared should we be about Bricks and the Trucker Huskers? After Grant Bricks took a visit to watch mighty five-win Nebraska beat, who they beat, Purdue on Saturday? They beat Purdue, yep. Did Nebraska get some uh, much-needed momentum in this recruiting race between OU and the Huskers?
1: Did they get some momentum? yes. But they were always going to get momentum because Bricks is the type of kid that's going to enjoy just about every visit he takes. Like, he's never had a bad time on a visit. He just – and I think he especially relishes the experience because he never imagined this was going to be him, you know? But at the end of the day, I do not think Nebraska has surpassed OU as the leader here. I think OU still maintains the inside track – and this is also a recruitment where it feels like the last visit might be the decisive. Oh, use the home team. Since the World Series is going yes. on
0: right now, they got last at bats, and they may have a uh, one run lead going into the bottom of the ninth inning. And let's hope uh, Bill Biedenbo gets a fastball on the inner half and he's able to. Uh, Knock it out of the park here, but Grant Bricks would uh, solidify this offensive line class and kind of solidify this class as a, a whole. It's going to be a top ten class with or without EPL and Grant Bricks. But you get Grant Bricks, then um, you got a real chance to sneak back into the top
1: five. I can't tell whether this listener is trolling or not, but they said I heard someone from another station say David Stone was on <laughs> Flip Watch via I think, Instagram rumor. I, I hope
0: that's a troll. I, that's funny if it is a troll, and I think that it is. But
1: yeah, yeah. Also, I- can't rule out the possibility that it could be fact.
0: Now, if if some of you don't get the inside joke, there there was a uh, there was someone from another station that said uh, r- around this time last year that Jackson Arnold was on Flip Watch because of a uh, rumor that he saw on Instagram. Okay, uh, Instagram's fine; it's a fine platform. But guys, news doesn't break or really circulate on Instagram all that much compared to that of Twitter, or at least from what I've noticed. So. Yes, that individual saw an Instagram rumor and thought Jackson Arnold was on flip watch. And, well, I don't know if anyone else has been paying attention, but Jackson Arnold is uh, on the roster right now and never really seemed on flip watch. But that was, I think, I think that that's a troll, and I think that that is uh, very funny.
1: From a 405 listener, Parker is OU's inability to decide on a running back or O-line after week eight. Impact recruiting? I don't think so. No, no. I do not believe it impacts recruiting. Because, I look at it this way. There's enough belief in who DeMarco Murray is as a running backs coach that a kid who's a sophomore in high school right now was willing to go out on a limb and commit to him. A kid who, by the way, is a top 100 recruit in the nation in that class. And as far as Bill Biedenboe is concerned, as far as the offensive line is concerned, look, Bill Biedenboe likes to tinker with stuff. It's what he does. He tinkers with his line, and admittedly, most of it happens in fall camp typically, and you don't see a whole lot of shuffling in season. We've seen some in season shuffling. Injuries have factored into that reality as well. But we know enough about who Bill Biedenbo is as a developer of talent that. I don't feel you're all that worried about it. Just play,
0: just play Caden Green more. That's all
1: I ask. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, Look, just do that. It, it all became pretty clear to me what the best recipe is on Saturday. Caden Green needs to take Savion Bird's place at left guard for yes, the foreseeable correct. future. Their best drives, I think, were when Caden Green was in there. You got a firmly cemented center in Andrew Ram and a firmly cemented right tackle in Tyler Guyton. The same can be said at right guard with McCaden Matter. Left tackle is interesting because you very obviously have a dynamic where the staff trusts Walter Rouse more as a pass blocker, but there is little question that Jacob Sexton is a more dominant run blocker. So, I'm of the opinion that you can rock with either of those guys at left tackle and be just fine. Just play Caden Green. I'm just going to play Just
0: play Caden Green. I think he's offers the best of what you need right now, and there's clearly incentive to get him a lot of snaps for the future as well. And I'm not necessarily one that says, hey, you're 7-1 and one in contention, but by God, play the freshman so he'll be more ready next year. I want to play the best guy at every single position who gives you the best chance to win. It just so happens that Caden Green, I think, gives you the best chance to win. And then, yeah, there is also the incentive of he is a true freshman. And it's not all that bad to get him some extra reps here moving forward. But he's I think he's your best option at that at that guard spot.
1: Captain Willard with the text of the day. Why in the name of all that is holy would anyone listen to another station? No idea, Captain Willard. Not for Instagram
0: rumors. Sooner Smitty says, Why would Devon Mitchell stay committed with our lousy use of tight ends so far? Why (laughs) because he's gonna he's gonna have one hell of an opportunity to step in right away and play next year and that's a pretty good segue into something that I wanted to get into today players contributing as true freshmen or as newcomers from the 2023 class and who who are those players going to be in 2024 so players contributing from the 23 class PJ's playing a a good amount right now as he should Peyton Bowen when healthy uh, when healthy is out there quite a bit Caden Green just talked about him Kendall Dolby's out there. I would say that's probably the four that you're seeing the most at this point from the 2023 class. Who do we expect to get immediate playing time in 2024, or at least have a chance to? David Stone, right, in the middle of your defensive line. Taylor Tatum's going to have a chance at running back, given what it looks like right now. And my third name on that list, if not even higher up than that, is Devon Mitchell because of what tight end has – been this year, who's
1: leaving, and what that situation looks like next year. Brent from Jenk says Does Levy have a playbook that throws the ball to tight ends and others? LOL. I,
0: I, want, I want him to throw I, deep, guys. Well, That's yeah, kind of what I want. No, I, I,
1: I want him to throw deep too. But I just, and look, I, I wanted it all to come together for Austin Stogner in year five. I thought it would, and I was just wrong on that. Austin Stogner has not been much of a threat in the passing game. And it is what it is. Right now it doesn't seem like you have anybody in the tight end room, at least not anybody that they trust to put on the field that is a viable threat in the passing game. And so I what I would like and I am not Jeff Lebby and Jeff Lebby knows far more about football and has probably forgotten more about football than I will ever know. He has reasons for the decisions that he makes as do each of the individual assistant coaches that are in charge of their position groups. But I think it plays to the Sooners' advantage to give Austin Stogner less snaps and reallocate those snaps to a guy like Brennan Thompson, for instance. Sure. Well, and that's my point, the exact point I was going to make. I don't want them to start
0: forcing throws to Austin Stogner just because we all think they need to get a tight end more involved. No, just just whatever you think, like throw it to Brendan Thompson more, throw it to Nick Anderson more. Let let's make sure your best playmakers at receiver get more opportunities first, right? And and that that really starts with Nick Anderson for me. Let's not have another game, Parker, where we walk out and say, "Why did Nick Anderson only have one catch today?"
1: Yeah, that's, that's that can't be the case moving forward. It just can't be indefensible, indefensible. Maybe the most indefensible thing outside of the play calling on that second to last drive. For the entire offensive side of the ball on Saturday is why on earth are you not throwing the ball to Nick Anderson? Force feed the ball to Nick Anderson. Throw it to him
0: down the field. Throw it to him short. I've, hey, I've seen him do all those things this year, Parker. He's not just a one-trick type of wide receiver. I, I think he's a complete wide receiver that can do everything. So just use him. Use him more in your offense moving forward. And I'm hoping that they will on Saturday. We'll see. Four zero five six five one. 3439 is the knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are killing it already. We'll get to a ton of text, a ton of OU recruiting, and a ton of bedlam as well right here on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and of course you, the ref army, as well, listening worldwide. Bristol, Pennsylvania is tuned in today via the free KREF app. Woodway, Texas, Gretna, Louisiana, Marco Island, Florida, Rosemount, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Ohio, Knoxville, Tennessee, Chesapeake, Virginia, small Oklahoma town of the day. Let's go to uh, Minko, Oklahoma today. Minko. Minko, Oklahoma, listening via our free KREF app. Uh Red Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. Affordable Door Company, proud garage door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. This text from the 918 says, Was Jeff Levy the lead recruiter on anyone in the 24 class? We never hear about him as a
1: recruiter. <laughs> yes, well, he, that's because twi- he's twice. the quarterback's coach. Yeah, he got two quarterbacks he this He recruits the quarterbacks. He was the lead recruiter on Michael Hawkins, and he was the lead recruiter on Brendan Zerber. It's fair to criticize his play calling coming out of Saturday. I I'm not going to
0: fight anyone on that. I haven't fought anyone on that. But the man has done a nice job when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, Jackson Arnold last year, the two quarterbacks in this cycle, and then um, and then you got Kevin Sperry for 2025. Like he's he's done a fantastic job recruiting QBs so far. And we'll see if any of those guys develop here and become great players. I think we're all still excited about Jackson Arnold and the potential he's shown. But on the recruiting front and in 2024, yeah, he's, he's done a nice job. And 24 was going to be, uh, it, it was, it was going to be a little bit difficult for him because it's the class after you get a five-star in Jackson Arnold, and it's the class right before you get a player like Kevin Sperry that everyone loves, and still he was able to get someone like Michael Hawkins, who's having one heck of a 24
1: season, man. And Zerbrug too, like I don't I don't want people to completely disregard Brendan Zerbrug here because I look, does he have the dizzying physical gifts that a guy like Michael Hawkins possesses? No, especially not as a runner. But I see Zerbrug as a a guy that is going to be a great locker room influence, especially as a quarterback because quarterbacks have more of an influence on the locker room than other positions by nature. And also, he's going to come in and he's not going to take anything for granted and he's going to work continually to get better. He also comes from quarterback stock, too, which should not be disregarded. His dad, Chris, played quarterback at Michigan back in the day. Hey. I don't know if you recall that. Was he uh, stealing signs over there on the sideline? It, you know, it's <laughs> funny. He backed up a fellow by the name of Jim Harbaugh <laughs> for a while. Before oh, you his... has got a sign stealer uh-huh, then. Huh? So. Sweet! Yeah, he backed up Harbaugh and then was the starter briefly at Michigan. From the 501, happy one-year anniversary
0: to Pole Assassin.
1: That's two years.
0: I think it's the sec- It's the two-year anniversary, but yes, Gia the Monkey had quite an interesting experience two years ago today. Who's that Texas assistant? Jeff Banks, the special Jeff teams Banks. coach. There you go. Some say he's a really good recruiter there. Well, he had Pole Assassin at one point in his life. I don't know if they... Uh, if, they, if, they, if they're still together or not. Um, thanks for pissing off Dabo Sweeney on his radio show, Tyler. <laughs> that was not me. I am not Tyler from Spartanburg or wherever that guy was from.
1: Oh, that, that was, was pretty phenomenal electric. Phenomenal content. I'm with Dabo, by the way. 100% Who's 100% with Dabo.
0: He went on for like five minutes. Tyler from Spartanburg. And a lot of, like, a lot of what
1: Dabo said, folks, is very applicable to Oklahoma as well. Don't let the expectation outweigh the appreciation, because it seems as though, and obviously I have a much better beat on OU than I do as, uh, than I do on Clemson right now, but it seems as though across the fan base, OU fans are almost as fed up with Jeff Levy as Clemson fans are with Dabo Sweeney, and OU seven and one right now. Clemson's so, what four and four? Yeah, they are four four and four, and, four and they got Notre Dame
0: coming in uh,
1: this weekend, so four and five most likely yes especially if will shipley doesn't play yeah so again people nobody's defending Mm. the way that jeff levy managed that game down the stretch on saturday but don't lose the appreciation in the expectations uh 918 do we think hawkins or arnold or sperry would
0: leave if levi leaves i'm guessing that means levy uh, I would not expect uh, – definitely not Jackson Arnold. He's going to be the starting quarterback next year at OU, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is. I, I can't say for 100% certainty, but I would say that no, none of the quarterbacks in recruiting I, leaves if Levy leaves. But
1: yeah, y- can't, you never know. I can't tell you definitively whether any of the quarterbacks will or won't leave if Jeff Levy takes another job. What I can tell you is that the primary reason Jackson Arnold picked Oklahoma – was Jeff Levy. The primary reason Michael Hawkins picked Oklahoma was Jeff Levy. I do feel very confident that Brendan Zerbrug and Kevin Sperry will not go anywhere, even if Levy departs. I can't give you a solid answer. I can't give you a 100% certain answer on Arnold or Hawkins. I
0: would be very surprised. I mean, again, Jackson Arnold is going to be the starting quarterback at OU next year. Um, I don't know where Levy would end up. I I don't think it would be a better job than OU. I know he got an Alabama offer last year. Supposedly, Kirby Smart wanted to talk to him last year. But Arnold's going to be in a really good situation. I I just think he stays and he's QB1 next year. If, if Jeff Levy's not back. By the way, what did you think of the three names that I brought up uh, last segment? On players most likely from this 2024 class to... Uh, maybe compete immediately for a job. Stone, Tatum, and Devon Mitchell. What do you think of those three? Would you sub anyone out? Put in someone else.
1: No, man, that's the correct three. Like, that is the correct three. As I think about the 27 players right now, plus potentially more, that OU is going to bring in in the 2024 class, no, you're spot on. Like, it is... And I don't know Taylor if it's in Tatum. that order, Stone, Tatum, and Devon Mitchell, but I do feel like that's the, that's the three. Yeah. Tatum, Stone, and Mitchell, those are the three guys that will have the best immediate chance to contend for starting reps. And I didn't figure I'd be saying that about Taylor Tatum, but here we are. Not yeah. that he's not a good back, but I just didn't think the backfield would be in flux the way that it is. Uh, Postal Sooner says, I've never liked Dabo. I told
0: everybody that when Brent left Clemson, Dabo would be exposed as an average
1: coach. They did make it to the uh, Orange Bowl last year. Didn't they win the ACC a year ago? They did, and n- not only did Clemson lose Brent Venables, but in the same offseason they lost Tony Elliott, their offensive coordinator, too. So, I, I mean, n- not terribly shocking that Clemson has fallen upon tougher times than when they only lost four games total from 2015 to 2019. But I think – Within the Clemson fan base, expectations now are not what they were a decade ago or 20 years he cr- ago. Right? He created so, the like, monster, man. He, you create the monster, you've got to keep feeding the monster. Because if you quit feeding the monster, the monster's going to eat you. 501, great point. This isn't all caps, by the way. We
0: just mentioned the three players from the 24 class most likely to compete next year. Parker and Tyler, you're both wrong, Liam Evans, <laughs> and I cannot fight that. Nope. I cannot, nor I, I, and I will not fight that at that's, this point. So That's yes. on
1: us with the oversight. You yes. are 100% correct, sir.
0: I, uh, I love Scary Gary on the text line, and I love the way that the uh, first sentence reads. Not trying to be a smartass. So anytime I see is that's the first sentence, it's like, okay, buckle up. Scary Gary says, not trying to be a smartass, and it's not a recruiting question but you would think would affect incoming freshmen. We had an offensive line with a couple of the freshmen that was moving the ball when we decided to completely rotate in Week 9. How do we not ha- have that figured out, man? Ask him why in the hell we didn't keep Sexton and Green in. I that's think, not a Levy call. That's a bow call. I think um, things like that, at least this is more me hoping, I guess, because I don't know, things such as that, will be evaluated throughout the week and those things will be fixed and you will see if you want to see more Sexton and Caden Green, by God, I think you got a chance to see more Sexton and Caden
1: Green this week against Oklahoma State. Good with that? And I think, I think the reason Sexton and Green came in last week was because those two are absolute maulers in the run blocking department. And there came a point in the game at which it was obvious to everybody that, okay, Oklahoma is just going to pound the rock and pound the rock and pound the rock. And so if you're going to do that, Green and Sexton are the two guys you want in the game over Rouse and Savion Bird. Now, I think especially with Savion Bird's personal foul, which was inexcusable yeah, and inexplicable, I, if I see Savion Bird at left guard next week in place of Caden Green, I might throw something, Tyler. But left tackle, that that'll be interesting because, again... Rouse is probably the better pass blocker right now, but it's pretty clear that Sexton is the better run blocker. Let, let me hit one more
0: text, and we'll move on to a couple uh, national things here. Five one two. I think you guys are crazy to think Stone will start. Maybe get some reps, but I believe Tommy Harris is the only one that has started on the defensive line. It takes to start a lot to start on the defensive line from high school. Okay, well, let, let, let
1: me ask you a question then. Who does start at defensive tackle for Oklahoma next year then?
0: Well, I mean, there's two things. One, we're just saying really competes for playing time next year, not locked in as starters. Yeah. So, I i mean, I think a guy like Devon Mitchell, Taylor Tatum, and David Stone will definitely have chances to start. But like you said, there's you're, you're losing so much off of your interior. Who is it going to be if not David Stone? And I'm sure you'll attack the transfer portal, but just given the numbers of what it looks like right now, he's, he's going to have a chance. And you brought up Tommy Harris. Yes, clearly he was a superstar from day one, but – David Stone's like a top ten player in, in most in most recruiting classes. He, he's he's a good player. He's more than capable, I think, of coming in right away and, and playing quite a bit. Um, two things: one, King Joseph Edwards. Remember that name? We used to talk about him a whole lot. He has been phonged to Colorado. Oh, that's
1: perfect for him.
0: I we haven't talked about King Joseph Edwards in three months, and it was oh yeah okay going to Colorado. All right. Uh, Dominic McKinley, I guess there's questions on if he's solid with Texas A&M at this point. Texas is, uh, not letting up. Texas is not letting up at all. So, I guess Texas, LSU, and OU still all in on Dom McKinley at this point. Are those the three pursuing him while he's still committed to A&M for now?
1: Yes, I haven't heard much from the OUN with regard to their continuing pursuit of Dominic McKinley. I'll get some better intel on that over the next few days, but obviously, if Jimbo Fisher is without a job at season end, at season's end, excuse me, there's a very good chance that A and M's recruiting class gets torpedoed. So hottie toddy, that's what that means. Hottie toddy. Four oh
0: five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. In the spirit of Halloween today, who is the scariest recruit OU has in the twenty twenty four class? I know I have. My answer, we'll get some answers on the text line as well, right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Lloyd from El Reno says, the scariest recruit, as we celebrate this Halloween day, the scariest recruit is Nigel Smith for OU in the 2024 class. Mm. Cherokee Senior says, Daniel Lock and Coon Me. If he has some elite trash talk in the British accent, then uh, maybe that could make him a little bit more uh, scary, intimidating. SEC Snob says, Stone Cold Killer is spooky, and being the optimist I am, I'll be way too early to call Waneri, Oklahoma's upcoming Halloween defensive beast. Where would Isaiah Autry fall on your list of scariest players for OU in the 2024 class at 6'7", 300
1: pounds? Well, here's Mm. the thing. My answer, it's got to be Danny Phantom Okoye, I had
0: Danny Okoye written down as well, 6'4", 241. I had Okoye and Autry written down as the two there. But just the, the nickname Phantom, like Danny Phantom... That that really does it. They're, I mean in he's he's physically put together. That's that's for
1: sure. Andy but Bass is the son of a marine.
0: I that in uh, itself is like Andy I can Bass. See that.
1: Yeah, he feels like he's the type of dude that has some terrifying skills that you hope you never see. E Freaky from Illinois says uh why why not Kilmore instead of
0: Wyatt Gilmore? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's pretty good.
0: Uh big Rick and Owasso, uh the boogeyman Boganowski. Now we're just coming up with Halloween names for all the recruits in the class. Don't hate it. Um, I like this one. Same, same texture from the five zero one. For me, Halloween was Saturday. Scariest blank I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sad but true. For, uh, frozen sooner. I mean, it's it's Levy questions all week, every hour so far this week, and I don't think that that's going to stop anytime soon. Like we mentioned. Yesterday, or someone on the text line mentioned, is this the biggest game of the Brent Vittables era at OU? And I think I've come around to say yes to that, but it's definitely the biggest game for Jeff Lebby in his career at OU as well, with all the pressure that's uh, mounting on him at this point. It's a little bit different when we're talking about the offensive coordinator versus the head coach,
1: but he's been criticized before, but not like this. This is a little different. Frozen Sooner was like, do you think that Lebby should be on the sidelines instead of the booth? I think being on the sidelines will give you a better feel for what is happening. Your thoughts? I, 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 I want to resist the urge to cast aside all of what worked so well for Oklahoma over the first six games based on what's happened in the last two. Is it alarming what happened against UCF and Kansas? Undoubtedly. Is it an irreversible trend? No, not at all. Not at all. The Sooners can get this thing back on track. They just have to stick with what works. And what works is Toby Walker in the run game. Yes. And throwing the ball downfield to yes. your best playmakers at wide receiver. Just start there, so, man. Just start yeah, there. No, you, I don't think the solution is move Jeff Levy out of the booth and onto the field. I, th- I think the solution is call what works. Toby Walker going to be ready to go. He, he good for Saturday. Brent was
0: non-committal. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess the question is, who's RB one if he's not ready to go, or <laughs> there, <if he's, laughs>
1: there is no RB one if he's not ready I mean. to go.
0: Farouk in the backfield. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess it would be Barnes or Salchuk. Probably Sawchuck. Salchuk got the start on Saturday. I'm, I'm guessing it's him. Marcus Majors.
1: Didn't even make the trip to Lawrence. It'll be uh Jeez, you need Tawee Walker Saturday. Be peak Mike Leach at Washington State type of offense Saturday if Towie Walker can't play. Spread him out five wide and go bombs away with DG. Bombs away and quarterback Throw the ball draws seventy times.
0: Bombs away and quarterback draws. That's when that's what you'll be running the entire game if uh if that's what happens. Ty from Bartlesville says if you had to put money on it, would you bet Tawi and Stutzman play on Saturday? So yes. this this is just a guess. I, I just think, and really for both of those guys, but I just, if Stutzman can play, Stutzman's going to play. Stutzman, he's he's the leader of that defense. He wants to be out there more than anyone, I think. I think Stutzman gives it a go when he plays. And I would say yes to Tawie Walker as well. I'm not 100% on either of those, but if I'm guessing on Tuesday... I say that yes. And what did Brent say last night, that Gentry did practice on Monday? Gentry did practice. So that's a good. Who, who are we most nervous
1: about then for not playing on Saturday? Stutzman? Yeah. Because of who you have to go up against sure. in the run game? If Stutzman doesn't play, Ollie Gordon might run for 300 yards against Oklahoma. Ollie Gordon is just that dude. And he's but on a I, heater right now, too. Yeah, with Stutzman and Walker, if you're just asking me to guess, if you're asking me to speculate— as to what those two guys' statuses are come Saturday. I think both of them are too tough not to play.
0: We are getting uh, an insane amount of Trey Bradford texts today. Really? Trey Bradford would have been RB1. That was like going into the 21 season, didn't it? He was supposed to be a part of the 21 team and then ended up going back to LSU. I don't know where these Trey Bradford texts are uh, coming from here. But I have, uh, okay, yeah, may- maybe Trey Bradford would have been running back one. Maybe he'd be, I who, who knows at this point, maybe he'd be rotated in and out like every other running back so far Girl this year. Girlfriends
1: are undefeated.
0: Yeah, so they say. What was your uh, big takeaway from the press conference today? He
1: really respects Ollie Gordon? Yeah, man. Like, And, and you can tell, I said this earlier, but you can tell When Brent Venables is just saying nice things about a guy because he has to say nice things about a guy, and when he's legit impressed with a dude. And he is legit impressed with Ollie Gordon.
0: This was the most revealing press conference to me from Brent in a while, maybe all year long. Because of. Well, you just. that, That about Ollie Gordon. And that's not the first player that he's talked about to where you could say, okay, yeah, he's. Brent really respects him. But I guess just some of the questions. He. He clearly doesn't buy into this team has overlooked every game since the Texas game and has just kind of come out flat. Like, yeah. he doesn't buy into that. He had, like, what, a two-and-a-half-minute response to that. Um, and then also he he was asked, hey, do you wish the offense would have thrown the ball more downfield? And he kind of let on Saturday after the game that he wished they would have, and he, and he did again today. So there was just, I guess, some more – revealing remarks from him than we've seen the past few weeks. But it's it's pretty obvious as well that Brent's, yeah, we need to – and not even just throw the ball down the field more, and this goes hand in hand, but be more aggressive
1: offensively is what he wants to see. I think we all want to see that at this point. Oh, boy, here we go on the text line. Peyton says, at what point do we start to question DeMarco? He's been a great recruiter, and I know he can't help injuries, but it feels like Sawchuck and Barnes just haven't developed whatsoever and really have regressed. Look, Peyton, I, I don't know what to make of Sawchuck and Barnes and their usage. I think a couple things are worth noting here. A, DeMarco Murray has a track record and has a resume that will indicate he is very, very good at milking the best football out of his running backs. Ramondre Stevenson, Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray last year. I, I, I'm as baffled as all of you by what has gone on with the running backs this year. But the sophomore slump is a real thing. And Barnes and Sawchuk were both banged up. I don't know if that completely excuses their lack of involvement. But, again, if I am critical of DeMarco for anything at this point, it is that they messed around with the running back rotation through... Six seven weeks instead of just letting Talwee Walker run wild because and get in it was groove, man it was clear early on that Towie Walker was your best option in the running game and that has just become more and more clear as we've gotten. Different. I think I think running backs like any other position man like you need to get in a groove you need to have
0: continuity you know and they just never had any continuity with the run game because it was a new running back starting a new running back getting the most of the carries and I just I don't know man I, I just don't think you can operate that like that the entire year but I. They found something with Tommy Walker last week. It was the best game by a running back so far this season. Hope, me, he's, hope he's healthy and they can find
1: it again on Saturday. Let me put it to you a different way, Peyton. Do I question the way that DeMarco has managed his running backs this year? Yes, absolutely. Do I question whether DeMarco is worthy of being the running backs coach at the University of Oklahoma? No, certainly not. Because I think the good that he has done at Oklahoma in his four years on staff far, far outweighs the bad. Meyer Chevrolet text
0: line. Keep them coming. We'll talk more OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In with Macoma San Thune. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Their low-pressure environment Creates an enjoyable experience for everyone, and their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. They have all that and incredible pricing as well as Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. In case you missed it, K KREF Recruiter of the Month goes to Brandon Hall for the first time this year. He gets Reggie Powers and Michael Boganowski in the month of October, and all in all, uh, October was a success, Parker, I think that. You think that? Rivals thinks that as well. OU's a recruiting winner for like the fifth consecutive month. They get Reggie Powers, Devin Jordan, Michael Boganowski, Daniel Lock and Kumi, and Jonathan Hatton this month. Not a a bad haul. And did you miss out on anyone in October? Someone that we talked about a lot that you were a serious contender for? Not to my recollection. Maybe I'm totally missing someone earlier in the month, but EPL and uh, Grant Brick still on the board, so I... I think he kind of he rolled off of maybe a 5-0 and in the uh, in the month of October. So, all in all, all in all, a good month. Uh, okay, from the 405, sorry my strip sack and scoop and score vision didn't come to fruition on Saturday. Well, they created three turnovers, just not a uh, strip sack and a scoop and score. But it would have been nice to have one of those in the
1: fourth quarter. They won the turnover battle. It was 3-3, three to three, right? Didn't they? I think, they? I think, I think it was 3-3. Three three okay, the, so you had the, the Jalil Farouk fumble, Dylan threw the pick. And then Did they the, have another one? Yeah, I remember on the kickoff, uh, uh, Marcus Stripling. I guess Stripling. that does count, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah. okay.
0: that was one of Kansas' turnovers. Same, I mean, essentially the same thing, right?
1: Yeah, that is true. Shoot. Well, okay then, never mind.
0: Uh, the text line is announcing a... <laughs> <laughs> A new staffer on the OU football team, the OU Jet Sweep offensive analyst will be Brian Ferentz. <laughs> the Jet Sweep might actually be an upgrade And I was offense. Seriously, man. Chad and Owasso regarding OU's lack of identity on offense, it seems though they move the ball more efficiently when they are running high tempo, although I'm not the biggest fan of high tempo all the time. It's probably the closest thing they have to an identity on offense. I... Chad, I agree with that, man. It, it, I, like, I agree it, on both mm, sides of that. Mm, like, that's true. The offense, and this was the case last year too, they were best when they were able to run up-tempo. It's just you don't want that to necessarily be your entire identity. You want that to be a weapon that you can throw out to keep the defense off balance, but you'd like to be able to just line up, run play clock at times, and line up and still run the ball on people. But I just I don't think that we've seen consistently that –
1: Oh, you can move it all that well if they're not going up tempo so i I like that text there, Chad. You got to be able to press the tempo button when necessary, be able to use it effectively, and that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it, but it doesn't feel like the Sooners have been able to use their tempo as effectively the last two games. Wonder why that is time of possession
0: um I don't think it necessarily killed you on Saturday, but it feels like they continue to lose time of possession that stat on a pretty regular basis um up, up to this point and they lost it again against Kansas again it was i think it was like two and some change or maybe 3 minutes so it wasn't totally lopsided but they just can't they can't find a way to consistently win time of possession at this point. Scary Gary just sent us a tweet of his.
1: Uh-oh. How convenient is it that every week Oklahoma tries to go tempo, their opponent is suddenly hurt, then that, casually jogs off the field. That happens
0: multiple times make every single sense. week. UCF, man, did it a ton a couple of weeks ago. Finally got some uh, momentum, some tempo, and they're down with an injury. So, yes, teams have been trying to combat that for sure. Yeah. OU gets a pick. Needs one first down, can't get it, and then punts it through the end zone. Doesn't get any worse than that, says a texter from California. That's the thing, man. So much wrong happened in all three phases on Saturday. But if you just get one first down on that that possession, it all goes away. It all goes away, and you you win the football game. And not that we're happy about it, and we're still questioning this team going into Bedlam on Saturday. But all you had to do was get one first down. And if Tawie Walker's in the game and he's healthy and available, I don't know. doesn't really matter, but maybe you do pick up that first
1: down and win. Still need to be able to pick up a first down against Kansas late in the game. That's what I'll say. Yeah, there's no excuse for that. That's not on the absence of one single player. That's on everybody but most specifically the guy calling plays act like you want the first down
0: by the way OU is at number 6 in the 24 rankings on Rivals now Oregon got Elijah rushing yesterday the five star so now Oregon is up to number 5 OU back at number 6 Bob Stoops coming up next hour at 3:30 the Rush is next right here on the ref